Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, February 23, 2021. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? It was a nice rodeo ride across the markets. Big sell early in the morning, recovery, or what I like to say is a repair operation going on in the afternoon. So what we're going to do is discuss everything around the clock. We're going to take a look at the daily chart. We're going to talk about the psychology behind some of this stuff. What are they doing now? What's likely to happen next? Where's the next selling opportunity? Why did they bounce where they bounced today? All that stuff. The first order of business is let's have a look and discuss about the daily chart. So what do we have? They came up short of the 50 period moving average. That's not unique. That's not an accident nor a coincidence. So as they got closer, I'm sure there were some traders looking for the 50 period moving average. They rip it back in the other direction. So here's the other thing. We said, I believe last night, that today slash tomorrow, sometime over the next couple of days, the market would get into that zone in terms of time where we'd be looking for some kind of a bounce, some kind of support, not unique, not uncommon for the market to find some stability after being down six, seven days in a row, or better said, being down about six or seven days from the top, not down every day, but about six or seven days removed from the top into an area where they had formally broke out from. Sound familiar? Yeah, it should sound familiar. Now, the market, even this morning, as I looked at it in the pre-market, still went lower after the opening bell than I thought they would right out of the chute. They actually went for, came up slightly short of, but went for the next big fat round number. What am I talking about? How about... 3,800. We talk about 3,900 when they're getting close to it. It's magnetic. Well, on the way down, as they're getting close to 3,800, it becomes magnetic. No sooner did I post that on the board for Inside the Numbers members than they went for it and ran a test. They came up short, but it's considered running a test of a big fat round number. What are those two horizontal lines running across the screen underneath price? They represent the area this morning that was a buying opportunity, albeit they spiked it, but it was a buying opportunity. We were expecting the market to bounce there. They did bounce there. It said, it meaning me, said it could take some time, but they should find support. And by the way, I'll have you know that's not an easy thing to do. As the market is selling hard, I'm telling traders that I know are listening to me that they can buy the market down there that's pretty much what happened this morning. I have to say, it does increase the stress level just a notch. Not because I'm worried that they're not going to bounce. Because I'm worried that other traders that are paying attention may take a hit if I'm wrong. That's what I'm worried about. In the end, we all understand this is a risk business. We're not going to win every trade, but yet again, I want to be right. Period. Full stop. All right, enough of that. Let's go forward and say, what happens from here? Well, a couple of things. We have two scenarios. Here, we're going to play umpire calling balls and strikes. And I'll tell you what's going to happen in the event that either scenario takes place. A, they're going to go for the retest. If they go for the retest of today's lows, we shouldn't be surprised to see them get into 
the 50-day moving average. Is that the likely or less likely scenario based on today's market activity? Well, in the camp that everything goes, we know anything can happen. But based on how they traded them out today, what we have on our hands, and we're going to see this in a few minutes inside the numbers, what we have on our hands was a turnaround Tuesday. We talk about it all the time. The reason we talk about it all the time is because they do it all the time. In fact, what you'll note in the notes inside the numbers is that we discussed it before the opening bell. This was one of the scenarios today. And I'll jump forward a little bit. One of the scenarios was they come down, they have a turnaround Tuesday, it appears they recock the gun, and then what happens from here is, and the likely scenario, if that's the case, they probably go up into the end of the week. Going up slash sideways into the end of the week gives the appearance that the market had a correction, they put in a bottom, everything's fine, they'll be pushing close enough to the old highs yet again where everybody will think they're just going to continue to power forward. That may happen. It's also the less likely scenario. In my book, from where I sit, there's probably less than a 10% chance the market's going to make new highs. I'm okay with being wrong if I have to, but that's based on what I think, so I'm putting it out there. That's what I think. I'm not afraid to put it out there, and I'm certainly not afraid to be wrong. I would also say this, and it doesn't preclude opening below today's closing price, but if they open above today's closing price, the odds begin to build that we're going to take another run or they're going to take another run for about 390 or above. That's for starters, and we would see that sooner than later. Let's now switch over to inside the numbers. We'll take a look at the commentary. And again, this is one of those days where you really have to pay attention if, in fact, you either are or want to be active in the market during the trading day. This is one of those days where it paid to be here. It pays almost every day to be here. However, today it paid extra. It's turnaround Tuesday. They're doing the numbers down south we were looking for yesterday. They were always going to do them. That's my first thought of the morning. Let's just call it zero dark 30. So now as the morning begins to unfold, I have some early thoughts. It's kind of still zero dark 30. Yesterday, we discussed the 20-period moving average on the SPY and the ES daily chart. Today, part of the focus will be on the same moving average. Just to get a picture of what we're talking about, there's the moving average. It's the red trend line. They spiked it by a lot, but they closed above it. Regardless of how much they spiked it by, closing above it while having tested it is a bullish indication. It's one of those, if you have to pick one, is it bullish or bearish? Having spiked it and closed back above is certainly bullish. That's the way I look at it. Now, at the time, they were hovering around the same price as that moving average. They really didn't give a pre-market indication that they were going to pull the rug out, open the trap door, and flush the market. Now, another early thought. The question will be, do they give up the 20-period moving average and close below it today, or do they bounce off of it, spike in and bounce off of it, have a turnaround Tuesday where Trick and Company gives the appearance of another recocking of the gun? It's an important spot at present. Closer to the opening bell, 
And by the way, just to make mention, we'll circle back to stocks on the move. Closer to the opening bell, some other stuff starts to unfold. Just citing some important stuff at 840. ES3840 was the overnight low, so that's important to know. The other thing to know is that the buy the dip crowd may show up bright and early, so we'll see wide swings in both directions. We have to be aware of that. And we're still moving along. Now, 907, here's what we're saying. On an early flush lower, where's the spot where buyers show up and bounce the market for a trade? How about the zone between 383.76 and 382.50? Now, it kind of looks like those numbers were wrong, and they were wrong early in the morning because the market flushed right through them. However, I contend they're still important numbers, and what I say happened, and this is the way I look at the market, right? Inside my head, dangerous place to be, look out below. But the way I look at it, the, what I contend happened was that the market had its destination picked out. I was wrong about the destination. It had a different destination in mind. I see it now, but that doesn't mean that those two numbers aren't or weren't important. And we can see that as evidence, for example, in the afternoon. How about a retest of a low here of 382.50? Now, is that an accident or coincidence that that was the low after the morning high? So it was the higher low, the secondary low of the day. Is that an accident or coincidence? Is it an accident or coincidence that over here, 383.76 seemed to be back-tested once, back-tested again here, they gave it up. You see what I'm saying? That those numbers, at least from where I sit, had some importance. The market had a different destination. You can see it here. When we look at the hourly chart, you can see here the zone I was looking at. So the first number was near the top of the zone. The second number was a gap that wasn't filled. I figured that's a pretty good safety net. Both numbers are important. The zone in total is pretty wide. They went deeper into the zone. What is this zone? This is an area where the market basically had what we call chart vibration. It couldn't get through, couldn't get through, couldn't get through. And you're looking at an hourly chart. So take it in context. Then it busted out, coming back to retest a former breakout area. It hadn't been tested yet. So they do this kind of thing all the time. Even though I'm looking at an hourly chart here, it was an area that hadn't been tested. So on the first test, you're more likely than not to get a reaction in the other direction from that area. Now, it didn't have to go up and fill the gap today. That's a different conversation. But you're likely to get a reaction in the other direction just the same as stocks on the move. And like we always say, you never know which ones are going to provide the rocket ride. We're talking about what happens during the morning rush hour. Things get a little crazy. The zone's a little wide. Volatility's expanding. So we have to be careful. That's the underlying theory. Another little hint, opening the session below 384.97 opens the door for the aforementioned numbers. So that was the gauge. Are they going to open above that spot or below that spot? In my book, if they opened above that spot, they would have jammed them higher a little bit. Opening below that spot left the door open for the bears to drive price lower. What's the significance of that spot? 
It's a breakup candle low, and they've been flirting with it in the pre-market, so they're already telling us it's important. So let's get our faculties once again so we have an understanding of what I was looking at so you can translate that to something that you can take advantage of later. Where is that low I'm talking about? It's right here. This candle ending 1,600 hours on the 4th. So there it is. We mark it on the board. It's the top horizontal line. Now, there's always a method to the madness. I want you to see the data with the 24-hour clock on. So what do we have here? So let's just understand where we are. 4.50 in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, 5.10. You can see what happened. Look at this, 3.83.76 at 5.40 in the morning. Now, that's not the reason it was there, but that tells me it was important. So that was further evidence at zero dark 30. But this is what I was talking about before. So look over here. What time is it? 8.40, 9 o'clock. 910, they're flirting with 384.97, which was an hourly chart breakup candle low. Pretty important spot because you saw some other chart vibration. The market went sideways for a little while right before that candle. So I'm thinking that that's going to be an important spot to open above or below. Opening below gave me more confidence that they were going to come into these other numbers. Lo and behold, they went lower, but nevertheless, we still found support as we were expecting. A lot of information, we didn't even open the market yet. So what I'm going to do from this point forward is let you pause the video and read the notes. Go back to the chart and double check the work. I'm telling you in here is stuff that can benefit you whether you're active or you would like to be active in the market during the trading day. There's valuable stuff in here. I think you should take advantage of it. It was also a day when we kind of cut it short, meaning we pulled up short in the morning and then pulled up short at the end of the day. Why? Because there were a lot of traders that made a lot of money today on the stocks on the move and the SPY and or some both, some either or. It doesn't matter whatever your comfort level is, whatever you want to trade. There's something for everybody. But the reason I do that and we chalk this up, and you'll see it here in the notes. We chalk it up to the Kenny Rogers thing, right? Rip Kenny Rogers. May he rest in peace. Know when to fold him. A lot of traders up a lot of money for the day. You don't want to give it back. If there's something that slaps you in the face, fine. You take the trade. But other than that, you want to keep the money in your pocket. You run it as a business. Guess what? You show up tomorrow with what? With more buying power. How about stocks on the move? We're going to take a look at all these charts. It's really an interesting day. Apple, GM, Baidu, NEO, PLTR, PTON, and DraftKings. Nice laundry list. Drop the numbers down if you want. There's lines on the chart. You know they match. First one we'll look at is Apple. And you know what the case is in some of these. Some of these went a little bit deeper than we would have liked if we're in a trade, right? It doesn't feel so good for a few minutes when you're entering Apple at 122 and then again at 121 and all of a sudden it's at 119 and you're going, hey, what's going on? So therefore, obviously everything, all these stocks got flushed along with the SPY. It's kind of an all the same market scenario. So they all bounced at the same time. That's just the way it works the end of the day, nice rocket ride on Apple. Traders take profit 
when they want to take profit. Profit along the way is what I suggest. You book some profit. You can manage the trade accordingly as long as you don't let the remaining portion of your position go against you. You can take advantage of some of the ones that just frankly never look back and keep going. They turn into those all-day suckers. About GM, guess what? GM didn't hit its number. Guess what? Here it is. What's the low of day? How about 49.35 against 49.34? It happens. It's a you gotta be kidding me type of scenario. But nevertheless, the takeaway is, look at that. The numbers work. Baidu flushed along with the market, turned around along with the market. This thing went all the way up to three and a quarter today. Between these two numbers is an average below 306. How you doing? Neo, Nio, whatever it is, N-I-O. In between here, same routine. Check it out. The back test of the first number over here around lunchtime in the midday portion of the session. You got to look at some of these numbers. Just tremendous gains from where the entries were. Palantir, here's another one. 2503, 2392. The low over here, 2390. How you doing? The numbers work. And I understand that some traders choose to sit on the sidelines when the morning starts to unfold like this. They don't really want to take on the undue risk and the undue stress. I understand that. Cash is a position. Nobody says you have to participate. This is for traders that want to participate, that are comfortable participating. If that's not you and you're inside the numbers member, you sit on the sidelines on a morning like this, be a spectator. It's okay, you'll learn along the way, and then later on you may choose to participate. Guess what? We're going to get a lot more mornings just like this one. Consider this one, today's activity, a taste test. How's Peloton doing? Three numbers on the board from 117.99 down to 111.86. What was the low down here? Low was 111.94, they came up short of the last number, and look at this rocket ride away. DraftKings, this one was special. Need I say more? I mean, this just went on an all-out assault on the gap. No, thy numbers. This isn't an accident or a coincidence, folks. This happens over and over and over. We can't and won't win every trade. We're going to take a hit from time to time, but in the end, the numbers pan out. What's going on over in Camp IWM? This is an interesting one. This is a good one to go over. So where did they come down to today? So you have a breakup candle and the low is 215.08. What's the low here today? 215.56. So they're in the neighborhood of a breakup candle low. Okay, but what else was there? Well, if you pull one of these and you go run across and you say, well, the market kind of broke out from that spot. So they came back to do what? to run a test of a former breakout area. Say it along with me. Didn't we talk about this last night? So at the end of the day, what did they do? They spiked through, but then recaptured the 20-period moving average. Tomorrow's an important day because they can do a retrace below the 20, but if they close back above it after having done a retrace, you're probably going to get another couple of days of rally. If they fail below today's low, that's trouble. How about the folks down at the transportation department? Let's have a discussion for a moment about the canary in the coal mine. So the IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. 
But the transports are my favorite canary in the coal mine, like a secret messenger. So what have we been discussing? The fact that there was a divergence and one of two things was going to have to happen. Either the transports would turn around and go south or the other markets would come back in the other direction up north. So what happened today? The transports were down early. They turned around. The other markets turned around. Everything finished near their highs. Look where the transports are. They never really sold off. They're still in an uptrend. They're above all the moving averages. And if we see another two or three days or more of market rally off this low from today, then the transports will have been the canary in the coal mine that the market wasn't going to collapse. It was going to find low, turn around, and rally some more. That's at least from where I sit. That's the way I'm looking at that relationship. How about the queues? The folks out in Silicon Valley. Is that the, the 315.53? Is that the eat your hat number? I got a couple of emails asking if I was going to eat my hat because they spiked through the number. That's not the way it works. This is a daily chart number. Actually, it was even a more important number. So guess what? Intraday, they're going to spike those numbers. They're not trading numbers from a five-minute chart perspective kind of stuff. These are big-time numbers. They're going to want to explore the number. They're going to want to probe the number. They're going to want to test the number. They're going to want to massage the number. I will eat no hat. Here's another one. The financials. They've been in a perpetual uptrend. Again, we say, is the market likely to fall apart without the financials? Not likely at all. The financials never really sold off. So what does that tell us? That tells us they're not ready yet. Now, the market, meaning the S&P 500, they can still have put in a top last week. They can rally some. They go sideways. They go back and forth. That's the way market works. Remember, it's hard to kill a bull. But you look at some of these diverging indices or diverging sectors and you have to say, hey, listen, they're trying to tell you something. This is all part and parcel to hashtag reading the tape. Smash Mouth, it appears we had another eat your hat number, 237. Again, they spiked it. They came up short of the 50 period moving average. Rescue operation, guess what? Off that number at the end of the day, 242 from 237, five bucks in one day, pretty slick. Did I take that trade? No, that other trade's going on. Spider trade, stocks on the move. You can't take them all. Don't try and take them all. We're going to finish on TLT today. I promised to do this yesterday and then I forgot, so my apologies. We're talking about interest rates. We're talking about the bond market. And all I'm going to really do is reiterate my position that's been my position for several months, been for a long time. What we're saying is that interest rates have likely made a long-term bottom. What that means is that it's going to be a long-term uptrend following a long-term bottom. It's not going to go up all the time, not every day, not every week, not every month, not every year. But over the next several years, you could expect a rising interest rate environment, flip that around, and you have a bond market that should go lower and lower and lower. 
So take this for what it's worth. The banks are rising in part right now because they're getting some added profit right to the bottom line from a rising interest rate environment. We're looking at TLT. TLT is the exchange-traded product that tracks the 20-plus-year treasury bonds. This is, in fact, the 10-year treasury note. This is the 30-year interest rate. Just so you can see, compare and contrast the different charts, what we're looking at. So here's a 30-year interest rate. You can see what's been going on, obviously. This is a monthly chart squeezed together as far back as this will go, and it's not as far back as it needs to be. So now you can also start to envision what I'm talking about over a long period of time. This is decades. This is years and years and years. We have a low, most likely, at least in my book, from where I sit. But just like any other market, it will go back and forth. There will be an opportunity again where interest rates come down, bond prices go up. Those that want to participate in this long-term trade can do so then. Here's a monthly chart of TLT. Why do you think I have two lines on the screen where they are? Does it look like, based on everything you know and how I teach, does it look like we may be coming into an area where the market might begin to find some support? And the answer is, most likely. And think about this from a media perspective. Everybody's been hearing rising interest rates. All of a sudden, it's becoming a problem. You hear, well, if the 10-year goes above a certain number, then it's bad for this and bad for that. But while interest rates are rising, it's good for everything else. And you hear all that stuff. Nobody knows anything. They don't know what they're talking about. Here's the routine. The more you hear about the rising interest rates, the more you're closer to coming into this zone where you're likely going to see a bounce higher, a reaction in the other direction in TLT. Is it going to be a multi-day bounce, a multi-week bounce, or a multi-month bounce? Well, I'll leave that one for later, but that's more likely what's going to happen next as the media goes on a frenzy telling you how high interest rates are headed. Just when they start to pick a number that seems outlandish, the market will turn around and they'll look like buffoons once again. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.